What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The Arsenia ZSL Podcast, man. So grateful to be back. And today we have an in-company interview, baby. Very, very excited about this one. Uh, you know, I do these in-company interviews uh, quite often. So again, for a lot of you who are tuning in for the first time, and I'm telling you, the cities, oh my God, there are just so many. It's insane. Big shout out to my Taiwanese, by the way. Oh my God, my Taiwanese, baby, y'all bring it. Y'all bring it, and hey, big support to all of you because this beautiful island with, you know, just the most amazing inhabitants have just the same amount of plays per episode as America. And America has probably, what, 30 times the population, I would say. So big shout out to you guys for my uh, for the support. Iran, um, oh my God. Uh, Netherlands, you guys pop on, you know, pop on sometimes, of course, Japan, South Korea, you name it. I'm going to have to go through and give a nice little gratitude list coming up on the Thanksgiving holidays and Christmas holidays. But nonetheless, man, thank you guys for your big old support. So let's dive into this one. So here we go. How to keep an audience interested during a presentation. If you're not funny, don't try to be funny. Just be yourself. If people end up laughing, fantastic. You don't have to force it. Because I know a lot of people, you try forcing the, you know, you know, what is it, uh, jokes and stuff like that, and then you end up making yourself look like a fool, right? Um, there have been a number of times where I, uh, what is it like? And this isn't like TEDx. TEDx and TED talks they were popular back between 2016, 2018. Luckily, now we have our own uh, platforms, and we can we we don't need to be on someone else's platform to be able to speak our voice. We can create our voice through the different means of media outlets, such as podcasts, YouTube, and stuff like that, which is amazing, right? But, you know, when it came to different people saying jokes on TED Talks and this and that, it's just like, you know what? You don't even, listen, I am who I am. If I make people laugh, fantastic. If I don't make people laugh, I don't give a damn. I am the United States of Arsenio, but that's all that fucking matters, Okay, and so asking people questions is very, very good. Q&A, because this shows how masterful you are at your craft. So whatever you're very good at, if you don't do Q&A like a lot of these CEOs of all the biggest companies in the world do, man, you would be totally lost because the CEOs actually don't know shit. All right. If you actually look at uh, Mark Zuckerberg when he was sitting in front of Congress, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't his stock went up after that whole big I don't know nonsense and his little watery red eyes bitch anyway so in saying that <laughs> ask people questions to see how they're able to answer and then you're gonna see how good they are at their craft all right now changing facial expressions I don't really think that matters much changing the tone of voice absolutely if I feel people getting away from me a little bit I do raise my voice at times. Again, guys, just think about it. I want you to think about it. Why do you listen to my podcast? Okay, I could easily be the typical American. Hey, how you guys doing today? All right, so today we're going to discuss it in command. Put your ass to sleep in two seconds. Tens of thousands of teachers in the Americas. I'm talking about the Americas are exactly like that. I want to be totally different because I bring the joy I bring the energy. I bring the enthusiasm. And this is why a lot of African-Americans do not like me because apparently I'm too happy and I'm too driven. All right. I need to be a very a low energy haver. And this is how 
listen, this is why the Latinos love me so much because me and them relate so easily because we always bring that level of enthusiasm and they love that energy. But when it comes to Americans, like born in America, they don't really like me because I'm just too joyous. And so that, and that's why I salute them and I say goodbye <laughs> because I change my tone of voice all the goddamn time. All right. So showing PowerPoint slides again, that kind of whatever. It all depends. Don't put too many words. OK, don't put too many distractors because a lot of people, they'd be paying attention to that rather than paying attention to your presentation or whatever. Speaking slowly, got to know your audiences. You have to know your audiences. I can tell you right now, Tony Robbins is one of the worst speakers of all time because he speaks too quickly. That's all there is to it. All right. If you speak at 1,000 miles per hour, it's going to be very hard to be followed. That's why Brendan Bouchard is one, of, or Lisa Nichols is probably the most prolific speaker I've ever heard in my life because she knows how to adapt to audiences. She knows the range of her voice. She knows the emotion packed in her speech. She's just an incredible, an incredible individual. So upper body language and using my hands, I believe those two things are the most important here in Thailand, right? Because if I don't use those two things, I could put people to sleep real very, and I mean very, very quickly. So again, if we could go to thinking about a boring presentation or a boring podcast I had listened to, what made it boring? So there was a guy by the name of, or there is a guy by the name of Tim Ferriss. He made that very popular book about six to eight years ago, The Four Hour Work Week. Um, his podcast is the most boring fucking podcast in the world. And it's because the tone of his voice. There's another, there was another presentation I sat through back in the South of Thailand. I saw all the teachers sleeping and this guy literally with the monotone voice, voice, he just kept saying, nakap, nakap, kapo, nakap, nakap, kapo, nakap, nakap. And again, that's a proper way of, you know, okay, yeah, you have to say this because in Thai culture, it shows your politeness. But if you keep saying it over and over and over, I'm not focused on what you're saying. I'm focusing on that. And if you keep a very, very low voice, you are done. Same thing with teachers here in Thailand. If you go into a class and you have a monotone voice in any government school, in any international, uh, what is it, international school, private school, bilingual school, all these different labels that they give these schools out here in Thailand, you're just, people are going to fall asleep. They're not going to pay attention to you. So that's why I took myself out of the school system because I ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> so with that being said, how could they have made that more interesting? Range of voice, using your arms, using the stage. Those are the three biggest tips. On my podcast, like I said, it's all about my voice and enthusiasm. I sit here, I still use my hands. Guys, I, I kid you not. I'm looking at a freshwater fish tank that I have with African cichlids and some uh, tetra, okay, tetras. All right, two very aggressive fish. I got a little small tank over here with two orange clownfish. They call them Nemos, Ocelaris clowns. Over to my left, I have a tank full of about five different types of coral and a Clark clownfish, okay? But in saying that, I am still very animated with using my arms. This is the area that I work in. So even with my podcast, I still use my arms. However, there was a garbage ass company that I had worked at five years ago that, hey, well, they said, oh, you use your arms too much. That was the most, that was probably the dumbest comment I've had since living here in this country. I have too much personality. Well, there are plenty of droll ass American teachers 
a, di a totally different color from I from me who can bring that sorry ass energy to your class. No doubt, easy. You need to be responsible for the energy you bring into any room. And if you come in and you're just a born individual, I say salute, I say goodbye, right? And so I'm going to give you, before we go into this, uh, this listening with Norma, she says that clients stay with a company when a complaint is dealt with. Is this true for your experience? Now, again, if a complaint is handled, do you stay with the company? So I would say this. First of all, if the complaint's not handled, it goes to show you that, you know, different hotel. Hotel. So apparently a six-star hotel self-proclaimed called the Atini out here in Bangkok. Not much of a six-star, I would say. I sent them an email about putting some things together for the proposal. I, you know, proposed to my uh, my girlfriend for two years and now we're engaged. And when I told, you know, when I proposed, when I told them, hey, can you do this, this, and this? I didn't get an re email response for five days, two days before my check-in. I hurry up and said, oh, I'm done. I am done. You guys are trash. How are you six stars? And you can't even get, oh, maybe they're busy. Hey, if you're working customer service and you're a six-star hotel, I don't give a fuck how busy you are. You're a hotel. You're not a resort. There aren't millions of people staying at your resort. Okay, and you, well, I'm not going to compare to Dubai because I really don't know much about Dubai, but they would give service in any other country, no matter what. And if you don't, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit. I'm going to have to call you out on your bullshit. And then again, their service, they ended up saying, oh my God, we're so sorry. Listen, can I still, I don't, I, if it's not too late, it was a foreigner uh, living out here in Thailand at the, I guess he was the customer service HR manager, whatever you want to call him. And he, he reached back out to me and I appreciated it, but no goddamn way. You guys already failed. So from my experience, am I going to stay with the company after, you know, if they handle my complaint? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That, 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 I mean, you can handle it, but even if you handle it, this problem is going to persist unless you guys do something and help them. That's just how it is. This problem is absolutely going to persist if they don't do anything about it. And so, I don't know, based on your, obviously, your experiences, um, I don't know. I don't know. Again, like fast food restaurants, that's just totally different, right? Uh, restaurants in general, that's pretty different. But again, if I have really bad service one time, you're done, especially in this country. I give people just one chance. And it's because it's that that they tolerate shitty service. And that's what I just don't like. Um, yeah, so many other things. Again, I don't reward people. If you deal with my complaint, uh, I'm still not going to come back to you. Uh, true, you know, this is telecom service out here. It's owned by one of the most horrendous companies in all of the world, CP. They're trash. And I told them that they're trash and I will never deal with them again. And so I don't know. I don't know about you all, but you just let me know your experience. Make, you, make sure you follow me on the Arsenio ZSL podcast to share your story. So again, um, there it is. I think those are the questions. And now let's dive into the good stuff. So let me just hurry up if uh, and make sure that everything is being shared, especially the sound. So everything is good. And so we could just dive right in. So here we go. We got Norma. My name is Norma Morris. I'm a partner with Kerwin Solicitors. I am a solicitor. I've been a solicitor for about 25 years now. I'm a litigator. That's my day job. 
but my main role for the firm now is in marketing and business development. She looks like a total asshole, by the way. Voice and visuals. Uh, when I'm doing a presentation, the way I like to engage the audience and try and keep them with me uh, is by the tone of my voice. I try and make it quite deliberate sometimes. If I have a point that's quite obvious, I will speed up a bit. And I use my hands a lot, as you can probably see. I try to use a prop as well, because if I'm using the clicker on a PowerPoint, that's fine, I've got something in my hand. But otherwise, I might have a pen for emphasis as I point. The other thing I like, good. though, about PowerPoint presentations is the concept of less is more. I don't like to put too much on a slide because yeah. that will just bore everybody. So yeah. short points emphasized by the speaker mm -hmm. and that rams point home. I love it. Tone and emphasis in presentations are really important because some presentations can be 30 or 40 minutes long. So it's important to engage the audience straight away. I tend to use sort of light and shade. So pausing, tone, faster, slower, that sort of thing. But I also try and use a little bit of lightness of tone, perhaps a few jokes even at the beginning, just to engage the audience and get them with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Now problems on the The thing about complaints, is, especially for a partner in a law firm who, as I am a partner, I tend to get the complaints to deal with. When somebody's upset about something, they are very worked up. They come on the phone and they really want to talk immediately about the whole problem. What I try and do on the phone is to listen actively. So I'm, I'll engage with the person, but I will let them speak. Let them get it all out because they are probably quite wound up. What I try and do also is at the end of the conversation to repeat back to the complainant and say, let me just understand what you've said. I want to make sure I get it absolutely right for you. Mm. And that's the important thing for me. I they say, it's for you. And then I will summarize it, tell the complainant what I'm going to do, and most importantly, do it. It's important to keep up to timescales. But my main point is to have a meeting. I think it's really important. If somebody's got a problem, I want to see them face to face. I want to engage with them. I want to make eye contact and do whatever I can to, to move on with that. And quite often when we've dealt with complaints, the client has actually stayed as a client afterwards because of the way we've dealt with it. So I think that's very important. Well, from that perspective, okay, leading me. There are two types of meetings I have. One, one is where I chair meetings, but also I'm a participant in lots of meetings. When I'm chairing meetings, I like to think of them almost as being the conductor of an orchestra. A conductor doesn't want too much brass playing at the same time uh, and wants to make sure that there's a balance between the tones. So the problem with the meeting sometimes is if people are really keen to have their say, everyone's trying to cut across each other and nobody gets anything out of it. So chairing a meeting is important to, to conduct how people are interacting. The other important point about a meeting is, I find, if you're having regular meetings, they start with minutes of the last meeting. I have been in meetings where an hour is taken up, for example, on that, and it is rehashing old things. So I try to get through the last meeting's minutes really as quickly and as efficiently as we can to move on to the main part of the next agenda. Mmm, okay. There it is, people. I honestly... These were some really good points and everything that I had stated was perfect. I'm a person that always has a pen too, okay? So if you guys ever watched me, especially on, uh, what is it, on YouTube, you guys probably always see in my coaching that I always have a pen in my hand. 
for some reason. It's so weird because I just love to click it and I love to have something in my hand. It's kind of like when I go anywhere, I always like to have a bag because if I go somewhere without a bag, I feel very naked. I don't know about you, right? So if I were to go to go on the, the sky train, right? And I don't have a bag and I'm just sitting there. I would just feel very weird unless I'm with my fiance, of course, right? But if I'm all by myself and I'm just sitting there not looking at anything or just looking at my phone, just would feel a little bit weird. I always like having something over my shoulder. That's in regards to my presentations always having a prop. Now, when I teach, do I always have that? No. But just giving you guys an example of how I go about, you know, doing my lessons, doing my presentations and stuff like that. That's why it was very easy for me to do a presentation three years ago during, you know, before the COVID shutdown, uh, because I had a microphone in my hand at all times. Now, if I didn't have a microphone, I would still need something in my hand, like a clicker, like she said. Very good points. Very weird looking face. You know, she looked like someone I would not approach whatsoever but she had amazing points. So with that being said, there goes another in-company right down the drain, people. Thank you. Well, not right down the drain. Another in-company accomplished. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll be seeing you very soon. I'm your host as always, over and out.